When you break with tradition, there will always be detractors. People will inevitably yearn for the past and pine for a simpler time. Porsche has done it in many instances, and it is what keeps them innovating. Looking towards the future without forgetting the past is a hallmark of what Porsche is about. When the 924 was introduced, there were cries of, not a pure Porsche, and you put the engine where? And don't even talk about the liquid-cooled motor. But through the noise and the doubters, emerged a car that has become an important part of the family. And according to an unknown author, families are like branches on a tree. We grow in different directions, yet our roots remain as one. From the 356 to the 911 to the 924 to the Carrera GT, the root is all Porsche. Welcome to Porsche, never substituted. I'm your host, Will Veach, and today is part two of Breaking with the Past and our discussion on the front-engined 924. With the convoluted origins of the development of the 924 safely, for now at least, in the past, production was underway for the first cars to exit the assembly line. In November of 1975, production began at the Audi plant in Neckarsalem, and 924s destined for the 1977 model year release were finally getting underway. The 924 was supposed to be an inexpensive addition to the Porsche lineup, but failed to meet that goal. Lars Schmidt, head of sales for Porsche, said this, quote, We had a goal when we started with the 924s, and we haven't achieved that goal. It seems to be the one goal that we never achieve at Porsche, to build an inexpensive car. It is no new endeavor. We miss it even at the starting point. Our thinking about quality and perfection hampers us in making the necessary compromises you must make to build an inexpensive car, end quote. The initial cost of the 924 was set at 9,395 U.S. dollars and didn't include air conditioning that was an additional $548 upgrade, add in metallic paint, $295, a removable roof panel, $330, anti-roll bars, $105, and a three-speaker radio, also for $105, and that cost jumped to $10,673. In 2021 terms, the 924 was roughly $50,000. In comparison, the 1977 911 was around $14,000, which is about $64,000 in today's money. So while it was less expensive, it wasn't too far from the flagship of the brand. Initial reactions were mixed but they weren't necessarily based on reality. You see, the first reactions were garnered from pictures of the 924 and not the actual 924 itself. Once the cars were in the hands of the reviewers, the comments were mostly positive. Road Test said that, quote, most of the comments indicated a genuine approval of the 924's shape. There is some TR7 in the front, and a few thought it resembled a small Ferrari Daytona, but for whatever reasons, just about everyone thought it looked really slick. End quote. Not the most stellar of reviews, but not bad, just the same. The car would produce a 0 to 60 time of 11.6 seconds, a quarter mile time of 18.1, and a top speed of 111 miles per hour. Carl Ledvigsen notes in Porsche, excellence was expected, that the times were nearly identical to that of the 1976 912E. Motor said of the 924 that, quote, a touch of clutch slip is needed to get going smoothly. But once in motion, the torque takes over and acceleration is deceptively strong. In a way, the 924 is reminiscent of the 356 in this regard, 
it moves out more quickly than you think. It is only when you notice that you are leaving traffic behind you that you realize just how quickly the car is pulled away, end quote. Motor Trend found the car a bit lacking regarding the suspension and it suffered from engine and road noise. Porsche assured the media that steps were being taken to remedy those particular issues and that future 924s would have revised suspension tuning to either reduce or eliminate the problem. The handling of the 924 was, without a doubt, its most notable accomplishment. Motorsport said this was sensational and that it has exceptional balance. Motortrend said that, quote, it is a very satisfying car to drive quickly. Corners that in most other cars require a precautionary dab on the brakes barely require a liftoff from the Porsche, end quote. Vysok tests show that the 924 even handled a smidge better than the 911 in accelerated turns. This was great news for the automaker, but Porsche took to heart suggestions that the 924 needed to be a bit more refined. Sales were strong with the 924, and Lars Schmidt said something quite telling about whether or not critics were right that this wasn't a real Porsche. The sales director said that, quote, the degree of satisfaction of our 924 customers is higher than that of our 911 customers. For the 911 customers, a 924 isn't a real Porsche. But then he makes a really interesting point as he continues and says, just as the 911 isn't a real Porsche to the turbo customer, end quote. Essentially, a real Porsche is only in the eye of the beholder. I imagine owners of various Porsche models have felt somewhat similar feelings about their respective cars, but frankly, a Porsche is still a Porsche. Porsche would get to work on the promised changes as early as the fall of 1976, just after the initial release of the car, and improvements would come at a breakneck pace. The automatic gearbox was offered as an option in March of 1977. Cosmetic changes were made in the form of rub strips that would now be standard, the oil temperature gauge would be replaced by a voltmeter, and a limited edition Martini and Rossi livery with a few other upgrades would be introduced in a limited run of 1,000 cars. Not inconsequential is also the fact that the engine would get some improvements as well and have an increased output of an additional 10 horsepower, and it also raised the torque to increase acceleration. On a side note, the 924 was taken on an endurance trek, well actually several endurance treks, that would see the car taken around the world in only 28 days and nearly 14,000 miles. The 924 suffered one mechanical issue, and that was a broken shock absorber. But the honeymoon was short-lived, kinda. The 924 did suffer with some reliability issues with the brakes and shocks. It also needed a cam drive belt changed at about 36,000 miles, and there were throttle linkage issues as well. Other issues would plague the early models of the 924, but changes led to fixes and improvements as early as in the 1979 model year. Other improvements included a hydraulic damper that kept the car from joyfully bouncing down the California freeways in 1978. One thing that I would have loved to see was the proposed Targa version of the 924. The pictures in the Porsche Historical Archive are, in my not-so-humble opinion, beautiful. The idea was to create a Targa top not unlike the 914 that would lift out and then be able to be stored in the trunk. Another idea that was worked out was to have a glass roof that would slide back over the rear window. Sound familiar? That idea was way ahead of its time as later versions of the 911 would incorporate 
that exact feature. Unfortunately, none of those options were ever produced outside of the concept vehicles due to the cost and some mechanical issues. By the 1979 model year, the 924 had surpassed 50,000 cars sold and was considered a success. The issues from the previous two model years had mostly been addressed, and Porsche was entering a new market with buyers that couldn't afford the pricier 911 models. A 5-speed was added to the mix that replaced the clunkier 4-speed, and the media and drivers took immediate notice. Autocar said it was fast and pleasant to use. While not necessarily winning in the speed category against its rivals on the road like the Datsun and Corvette, it had an inherent fun factor that several media members made a special note of. Also for the 1979 model was the introduction of the 924 Turbo to the delight of Porsche lovers all over the world. Output for the engine was increased to 170 horsepower and there would be air vents located in the front hood or bonnet depending on where you live and air openings between the headlights. The turbo model of the 924 was a hit, but the costs were in excess of 20,000 US dollars. The press loved the handling of the 924, but adding additional power was a welcome addition for the drivers of the front engine brake from the past. There were also other versions of the 924 that were even more impressive, including the 924 Carrera GT and the 924 Carrera GTR, that were the gateway cars to racing in the 70s and 80s. One of only 17 GTR models produced recently sold for over $400,000 at auction. Remember early on when I said that the convoluted origins of the development of the 924 were safely in the past? Well, they came back. In 1981, after the 924 sold 100,000 cars, VW was now under no obligation to provide the engine blocks and had made plans to phase out the motors. Because of what was known as the banking program, where components had to be built and now stored, Porsche dropped its output of the 924 to just 3,170 cars in 1984. The car was to be phased out in 1985. Porsche, however, had other plans for the 924, and starting for the 1986 model year, an S version of the 924 was produced using a 2.5-liter four-cylinder Porsche-built engine, and many of the components and features were taken from the 944. Since the 924S was similar in appearance and performance to that of the 944, it was decided that after the 1988 model year, the car would be phased out. In all, the 924 sold more than 150,000 units and left its mark in Porsche history. There will still be those that debate whether or not it's a pure Porsche, but let me end with this. Writer Richard Bach said that, quote, The bond that links your true family is not one of blood, but of respect and joy in each other's life, end quote. Whether it's parts from Audi, VW, Porsche, or any of the other collaborations that Porsche has been a part of, we all have joy in our cars, and maybe we are all a little dysfunctional, but that is what makes any family interesting. Thanks for listening. Please share and tell your friends, family, and fellow Porsche lover. I also want to hear from you. I'm collecting Porsche stories for future podcasts and would love to hear how your love affair with Porsche began. You can email us at stories at neversubstituted.com. Please support our podcast by going to neversubstituted.com and check out our shop links and some very cool stuff 
plus a preview of next week's show. Special thanks as always to Dennis Schrader Photography in Austin, Texas. You can see some amazing automotive prints and artwork at FastLanePhotoWorks.com. Also, much of the information from this podcast is from Porsche. Excellence was expected by Carl Ledvigson. I'm Will Beach. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope to see you again soon.